Hey everybody, it's Jonathan, host of the Bike Portland podcast. Welcome to another edition of In the Shed, uh, where Eva Frazier and I sit down in my backyard workspace and just have a chat. Uh, she actually just left, and I'm trying to get this out right before the New Year break. New Year's New Year's Eve is on Sunday, and New Year's Day is Monday. So I wanted to have something for you all to listen to this weekend. If you've got the time, maybe you're flying home from uh, a trip that you're on, visiting folks, or what have you. Uh, at any rate, I do hope everybody has had a good holiday and has a really good New Year, and I'll get right to the conversation. Hope you enjoy this edition of In the Shed. Thanks for listening. We are back. We are back in the shed. Episode six, what, two days before New Year's. Back in the shed. Okay. How are we sounding? I think we sound great. Do oh. we sound great? Yeah, we are. Tell me. You thought that, <laughs> but it turns out it's true when I look at my oh, little device great. here. So Great. We should be good. Um, what were we just talking about? Oh, I passed you out a little plate for your mm -hmm. cup there. I have this very adorable saucer for my teacup. It's a Chris King themed saucer. Where's the Chris King themed cup? <laughs> it's in the house. It's too small. Oh, okay. It's just a little it's espresso, espresso cup. Because okay. at Chris King, they drink espresso. They don't drink mugs of anything. That's cool. I'm just That's a total guess, but you know, that's just my Chris Do you get Chris to King also judgments. have a little tiny seltzer on the side? Ooh, I love of course. that about yes. like a nice coffee bar they have their whole cafe so i'm sure that is what they do uh i can i can talk a little bit of stuff about chris king because i used to work there so uh back a long 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 time ago um but yeah they make an espresso tamper they have a cafe um i think they still have like these things like salt and pepper shakers that they sell which are just whole that old, are made out of headsets no or? old hub shells oh right perfect yeah, shape okay and, Absolutely. Uh, Chris would like if if the and I remember this because when I worked there like in the gosh the 1990s late 90s I worked there in Santa Barbara and Chris you know he's really known of being like a stickler for detail and mm -hmm. precision it's in the name <laughs> the salt and pepper shakers were the they were hub shells that came back from the anodizer imperfect coloration you know not being the right shade of whatever color perfect for salt but for like 99.9 .9 of most humans you would never know the difference, but like we would be back ordered and like really trying to get sales out and like just orders pack stacking up. And there would be Chris like saying, no, that's not the right color. We can't sell that He's one. He's in there with a microscope. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm. And we're like, oh, we'd love to sell those. And they've become salt and pepper shakers. And they're really nice. There you go. Anyway. Do you have some? I don't have any more. No, I don't have any. I do have my original hubs that I bought back in the 90s on my bike. My little employee purchase, Matt Black. Hubs, Ooh, which are really nice. fun and they have serial numbers so i could i could go look them up i was just having well beyond coffee do you ever go to woodlawn yeah sometimes I far love, off woodlawn a whole I, mile away from where we're yeah, sitting if that i love their breakfast plate oh woodlawn uh, paste what's it called woodlawn cafe it's just called based bakery woodlawn bakery maybe yeah woodlawn coffee. sweet sweet little neighborhood north portland yeah. if you haven't been there it's a great little shop they have pastries but they have this breakfast plate that's like mm. a poached egg brioche toast tiny little salad they always mm. have a piece of fruit very nice tiny little piece of cheese very nice so civilized very breakfast <laughs> as it should be woodlawn that's such a sweet Little but, section there in Woodlawn. Okay, bringing it to transportation. I'm just yeah, kidding. bringing it back uh, around. We need to you know, eat to ride our bicycles, though. There's that. Mm -hmm. What my favorite thing about that little section of Woodlawn, where the, uh, you know, the little commercial area there with the stores, 
is that it just I can just imagine the streetcar being there. Right? Yeah. Can you the just crossroads. Imagine? Yeah, that was definitely on the streetcar line. The old I mean, is it electric still? Anyway, the old electric rail lines yeah. or whatever they had, that was like a main little hub right there. The Decom Triangle. Yeah, the little triangle. Anyway, I just love that. I can just We need a, to find an image of that. Oh yeah, that wouldn't be too hard. Oregon. That reminds me of something yeah. that wanted to ask you about uh i've been going through some of the well, actually someone had emailed me uh some historical archive photographs which are really great if anybody is interested like you can just search the oregon historical society archives um like by keyword it's an it's an amazing resource right yeah every once in a while i'll search there for cyclist or cycling or whatever but some guy sent me a really interesting thing i'd never heard about and it was about basically like he was like the jay graves of like the early 1900s <laughs> folks who don't know jay graves used to own a, a chain of bike stores called bike gallery uh here in portland i think there were six at one time anyway uh largest trek dealer in the country the whole thing but he, it was a family business he ended up selling it years ago anyways yeah there was a guy and i'm of course forgetting his name but there was all these cool photographs in the archives from like the early 1900s they had an in, like a bike industry day in the lloyd center where it'd be like all the bike shops, anybody related to biking would come out and have like a field day, they called it. Literally like out in a field where the mall is now. And they would just like, you know, I can you, you can just imagine. It's like Multnomah County Bike Fair. Like they would yeah. just do tricks, get together. I think it was a way to like, you know, probably recruit more people or just kind of like get bike people out together. I just thought that was amazing. It's like 100 years ago they were. Bring back the field day. Yeah. I mean, it was basically like Pedalpalooza back back then. They even had like floats and they decorate their bikes on this little like parade. Anyway. Do you think they did a huffy toss? Really cool stuff. I should know his name. You know what? I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah. Give me a Google. No, it's really good. And I'm going to do a story about it. So no anybody in the media. So Lloyd Center oh, was his name just is a Joe field. Brown. Joe Brown. Okay. Joe Brown. He had a bike shop down on like Alder downtown. Uh, apparently like just super active in the community and had this thing called the field day in Lloyd center. And there's all these really neat pictures of it. Anyway, they had races, they had a whole bike culture going on in Portland way back. And that's a segue into a little plug to buy our fun oh, archive map. vintage map. Talk about having bike culture, 1896 bike map. Actually have someone coming over to the shed today to pick one up. We're just getting over our holiday rush as it is we've sold Wait, do over you, do you have one hanging up yes. here <laughs> it's behind oh it's behind your it's behind reflector that, it's behind that light shade um that's actually the original print we reprinted it with this guy um cameron booth who runs transit maps it's called transit maps on maps on instagram he does really cool maps he's super brilliant like designer of like and nerdy too because he does like transit maps and makes them look beautiful um but somehow we'd gotten in touch and we took the old map which is like copyright has been you know uh expired copyright right old map i knew that the ohs sold it at their gift shop the bta sold it for a while nobody sells it anymore from what i could tell anyway i got with him and he basically like remastered it like redigitized it made it look even better added a, a little bike portland logo with like a historic patina on it which is cool um and then we still we sold like over 300 of them that's awesome which is cool it if, is a very cool map and it has like the streetcar lines and stuff on it too does it have streetcar right? lines? i think so is that not true? Um, Maybe I'm thinking of a different map. I don't think it has streetcar lines, but it has bike routes. It has taverns. Anyway, very, very cool map. Uh, Are any of the taverns still around? Like, I don't think so. No. Okay. It goes as far out as like Forest Grove. People were biking from Portland to Forest Grove in 1896. Uh, well, there were so cool. <laughs> That's a so lot cool. of alternatives, I guess. You could take your horse. Yeah. I don't. Can, it would have been so uncomfortable or walk. <laughs> riding that far. 
I mean, it would basically be 100% gravel, if that. Gravel's too nice of a word, probably. Have you, have you read Two Wheels North? Yes. I think about uh, that when I think about biking in the, I don't know, 100 plus years ago. That Okay, you know my thing with books, right, is how I'm aware of and probably start every single one of the transportation and bike books that comes out, yeah. but I rarely, if ever, finish one. That's Did you finish that one? No. Okay. It was super interesting. Well, though. they make it to the, so there's these two kids and they're like going to the World's Fair in Seattle, I think, from California. And this is long. What when was this? When was the World's Fair in Seattle? I don't know. Like maybe 1900 or something. Who knows? I need to Google, but I'm not gonna Google. Um, <laughs> okay. So they're on like single speed coaster brake bikes, like riding through the woods, riding on um, like these roads that are made out of logs, dirt gravel whatever and at some point they're like going down big hills using drag brakes where they literally just tie trees to the back of their bicycles to slow them down because their brakes will just smoke i don't know it sounded like a real adventure roads made out of logs i've never even corduroy they called it really is that where the corduroy fabric gets its name i can just see logs laid down making little like grooves i'm guessing that the corduroy the fabric came first yeah Okay, World's Fair was probably 19 teens. Yeah. And given the bi- the bikes you're describing, that's probably teens. That's fascinating. Yeah, mm. I love that. That's a fun book. It's not very Two long. Two wheels I north. Think, I think you could handle it. Maybe you Wait, only start books. That was so me. Why do you, I did why finish don't a you book. finish? Oh, I did finish a book over the holiday, which okay. is great. It was, uh, it, was a, it was a fictional book. It was Dennis Lehane's uh, Small Mercies. Really good book. Um, I, I don't know why I don't finish books. I think... I, like, you know, I read a lot of news and I just, that's kind of where all my energy goes. And I just, maybe I lose interest. Maybe it's like, I just get distracted mm-hmm. or not sufficiently intrigued. I don't know. It's really weird. I've never been able to crack it. It's a, it's a, it's a family joke. When my, when my daughter was young, I mean, this is kind of sad. Like she wanted me to read Harry Potter and I just never, I just never got through it. Meanwhile, she read like every single one in like a couple of months. So it, it's just like been this long joke that I don't finish books, but New Year's resolution time. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, gonna be finish reading. books. Like I said, I, I finished a book over the holiday break. It was I so mean, yeah. I was so proud of my like I couldn't believe it. It was a really good book. But that also brings up something that I actually wanted to talk about today was like new stuff Bike Portland could do in 2024. Um by the way, this is like a couple days from New Year's Eve. So we we gotta do like year in review kind of stuff. Yeah. Let's Here, review the we're, year. We're ten minutes in. We haven't 2023. got twenty-three. But since we're on the topic first on the books thing. Let's do it. Here's here's an idea I was thinking about. Tell me what you think. What if we did like a bike happy hour book club? I mean, that's great. We were, I did suggest books as gifts at our last episode. We talked about, that's right. Like our reticent writer. Yes. Yes. Giving them some encouragement with like a (laughs) sort of inspirational book. Yeah. I think walkable cities is Mm -hmm. a great one. Yes. Um, I mentioned happy city last time. Right. So, but a book club, wouldn't that be, I think that'd be great because then people could read it at their leisure. It wouldn't be structured, but, I mean, here we are with Bike Happy Hour. Everybody's coming. Yeah. A lot of people are getting together every Wednesday. People of similar, sometimes similar perspectives and interests, at least. They like bicycling and transportation, I'm, I'm going to assume. And there's lots of cool books. They could be educational. Probably always make them bike and transportation related because you got to have some sort of focus. Yeah, there's got to be some cor- yeah. corollary yeah. subject. Yeah. And then, you know, it'll get so big, we'll have like a little endorsement sticker and you'll like see it at the bookshop. Like say, Oprah's Book Club picks. It'll say Bike Happy Hour picks <laughs> right at Powell's. You could team up with Can you uh, books with pictures or something. Wouldn't that be fun? It would yeah. say, yeah, 
team up with local bookstores. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's just one of the things I was uh, thinking would be fun to do. And then it would give, it's like another conversation starter at happy hour. Like you just come and talk about the book of the, maybe we'd just say like book of the month. That way you'd have like four happy hours to talk about it and whatever. Anyway. Have you you been in a book club before? Probably not since you don't, Mm -mm. you can't finish. I don't think I've ever been in a book club. Okay. I've been like a server and host of a book club because my wife was in a popular one for a long time <laughs> and I would like bring them out, you know, you were, I would you be were in the same the room. Out. I would bring it, be in the same room while they were having it, but no, never been, never been in a book club. Not yet. Maybe this will be my first one. Anyway, that'll be fun. So, oh boy, before you got over here, I was looking, I'm very late to like reviewing all the stuff from 2023 and trying to figure out how to recap for folks and I'm very late on doing like a, an email to all the Bike Portland subscribers, which is something I used to do once a week. And now then it turned into once a month and then it became infrequent and then it became, then I haven't done it for a long time. So if you're a subscriber and notice, News, are noticing are that, hard. I feel bad. Yeah, It was just a letter from the publisher. It shouldn't have been, I used to add more stuff to it, but anyway, so I really wanted to do that. And like, obviously end of the year is a great, is a great time. But anyway, it's interesting. We have some ways of, uh, on the WordPress is a system we use to, run the blog it'll tell me like how many posts have been written you know just you can just check it out and see you know month by month or year by year by year anyway it was just interesting looking at all that stuff and i've had this hunch that like the amount of stuff we post on the site has gone way down and i, and I was right like it's down like well 200 posts from last year so we post about 900 stories on the front page this year and that, that's down from like 200 last year but during the peak of like i don't know volume of posting on the site like 07 to 2013, we had like 2,400, you know, 2,400 or so. So it's like less than half. Yeah, we would average four to five stories a day for a whole year back in the day. Dang. But see, that sounds like a lot, but that was before social media. So it's all balanced out. Now I'm spending all this time on social media. And you had other people working. Yeah, from here, time from time to time. Right. When did Taylor stop working? Taylor left at the end of April. Okay. Of this year. So we got five months with Taylor, which is cool. Uh, she's doing awesome stuff in the Mercury now, which is fun. Um, so now it's just been Lisa and I and Shannon. Yeah. Posting stuff. Shannon's pretty infrequent. Uh, she'd do more. But she has five kids. She's wrangling. <laughs> that is uh, like three full-time jobs. She has. I, I'm just so thankful that she can write anything <laughs> given her life. I mean, they're young too. I think the oldest is maybe 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And they're all younger than that. She's giving it a really yeah. good go. Like she's way to go, Shannon. Yeah, she's really doing the thing of trying of like being super committed to biking everywhere and stuff. It's so sweet. Every every story she sends in is really fun, uh, and she wants to do more. She's always like wanting to do more. She's like, I, I hear she sends me a bunch of like videos, and we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to like team up so that she can take the video clips, then I can make them into something, mm-hmm. you know, for Instagram or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, this doesn't work. Like, you have to be the one to narrate your own clips. Like, I can't just narrate. Your family trying on new helmets for Christmas. It's not going to work. You you could just get AI to do it. You just find a voice. Oh, you're right. And you type in whatever you want it to say. I mean, it it can sound kind of creepy, though. AI for 2024. Anyway. Sometimes I watch those YouTube videos and you're like, is that an actual human talking? Hmm. Maybe not. I don't know. I did just, I read some article about how AI is uh, gender biased. And I was like, oh, yeah, because we're just digesting what already exists in the world. Yes, like the In the Shed podcast, which is usually, because I look at the percentages when I read the transcript, and it's usually like 
65 35 <laughs> 70 30 should i talk more so yeah uh there's no should there's only yeah. if you would like to but i, I like do to, notice the imbalance that i, I talk like to most. listen <laughs> i talk way more so if the ai is training itself on the model and the model includes in the shed well then there you go there's going to be the bias technology technology 2024 i'm not going to be using ai everybody so you don't have to worry about that <laughs> Although I have thought a lot about it, if I if I spent more time thinking about it, there's probably some really good ways to use it on Bike Portland. Uh, I met with someone about it once who came over to the shed, really mm-hmm. smart person in town, super smart tech person, and we talked. They just were really excited about AI and wanted to make sure Bike Portland was like, you know, realizing its potential. Uh, but so far, no plans for that. What are the plans for next year? Yeah, did you what what so book club? What yeah. else are you thinking book club about will doing? Be fun for bike portland well i'm thinking of deleting my entire story list and starting fresh wow well i've been like so i keep this list of stories right story ideas some of them are pretty clear and thought out and like okay i'm gonna get to those next week and some are just more like a placeholder like i need to really look into that and i think it really starts to like weigh on me i think it's like it's so long you know how it is it's like people who have an email inbox that which is also a thing think you know the email inbox right that just keeps kind of like it's like this emotional burden if you allow it maybe some people don't care but i know there are emails i have in my inbox that are like actually humans that i should get back to who maybe think i'm a jerk right at work anything that's dealt with gets archived and then the things that still need dealing with are in the inbox and right now it's like eight emails oh like you you can't i mean that's the thing though at work where you have like six different people looking at the emails yes and there has to be a strong system but if it's just you yeah you might just let things sort of fester yeah Yeah, and i take my you know i really try to be like this uh, this is part of what i'm going to be including in my end of year newsletter to subscribers it's like one thing i noticed this year in 2023 it became really clear to me is like the role i play like in just just being like a community concierge and like community manager person and just like and i'm not talking about just the online community obviously spend a lot of time commenting myself and moderating comments and you know just managing that whole thing but actually like in person talking with people replying to emails like personally as much as I can right Mm -hmm. like that's a huge chunk of my like time every week but it's like not like if you're a content person like I don't get any there's no clicks or clout or money (laughs) necessarily from that right there's probably some people I interact with who end up are who are subscribers that or what maybe send in you know a one-time donation or something but anyway i think i've thought about that a lot this year as i've like been super reflective and i'm like i gotta f- it's not that i have to figure out a, a way to do that differently but it it's just something I, that's that's there and like the emails is a big part of that i can't just like archive or delete an email from a human who's like asking me advice about and this is the thing people ask me it is really like just the, I just think of like being working at a hotel or something. The random people are going to come in and be like everything from like, where's the bathroom to like, do your rooms have Wi-Fi? Like, it's all that stuff. Yeah. Tell me the five best restaurants within a one mile walk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, just the other day, I was helping somebody bike from Camus to uh, the Nomad bike shop. He knew something on about Sandy. an e-bike. Yeah, on Sandy there. Just random person, right? Yeah. Oh, I heard you. you know, for First of all, it's like, okay, they got my name somehow. That's right. fine. And my, like I say, I always say, like my cell phone number that I have right now has been on the front page of the site since day one. Yeah, because <laughs> I like to get tips, and I want I want people to call in if they Maybe have. Maybe you should get news. a one nine hundred number. <laughs> so I do bring it on myself. Anyway, I'm very I've been very available publicly. I don't care if my email is out in the anyway. So someone emailed me, and they're like, 
I could, you know, you can tell when someone's legitimately, the guy needed some help and he had his, somebody was with him and he was like trying to get safely from Camus across, <laughs> across the gorge, across the, across the river to, yeah. you know, to Sandy at like whatever that is, 57th or so where Nomad Bike Shop is. To and I was like, 205 bike, bike path to well, th- what? That like was actually Marine interesting. Drive? That was actually interesting. I, I learned a lot by some of these too, because I, I'd actually pulled open my map. First of all, mm-hmm. I kicked it around for a few days and let it sit there. Yeah. I probably didn't get back to it right away. And then I like, okay, I was like, all right, let me check this out. And I was thinking in my head, like, actually, how do you do that? (laughs) How do you get across the 205 path over in that whole nasty, like Lombard 205? uh, uh, There's, uh, what's it called? Is it Rocky Butte, Gateway Green? It's really tough. And there's no, turns out, there's no way to get east-west from 205 over to like 57th and Sandy. It's really difficult. Yeah. I was finding myself like telling him, first of all, one of the reasons I replied to the email with some urgency was that he was giving me his route that he was going to do. And he's saying he was going to just take Lombard West from 205. There is a bike lane on Lombard. That's the thing. That is one of the most dangerous, horrific bike lanes in the entire city. People don't know. That's so bad. Freeway on and off ramps, right, to 205. It's just bad. And Lombard itself is really bad. The guy got hit there probably a year year and a half ago by the way that's where bike tires direct warehouse is you know so there's a lot of bike people actually riding over there it's really stressful so when i saw he was going to go west on lombard and and obviously i knew the guy didn't really know the streets that's yeah. one of my things like you can look on a map and it'll say it has a bike lane so you assume that it's like okay it's yeah. not we all know what happened to martin greenow i think it was like 2014 martin greenow new to portland rode home from lombard and he worked over off columbia and got killed right where the gap is on 42nd yeah guy rode drove right into him he got killed then i talked to his his housemates it said he had only been in town for two weeks and he'd had a map and he was super excited to ride to work and he look on the map and it says like bike lane awesome so anyway you got to respond to people like that and so yeah i was looking at the map and there's no way to do it so i ended up we found i was like take it i was like take 205 to prescott that's the way to get across and then I was just basically saying, you're going to have to hold your nose for a while because it won't be perfect. But there's a couple little bike, you know, neighborhood greenways. If you get off of Prescott, I forget exactly what I told him to do. But anyway, it should be okay. We'll see his report when he comes back. Like, <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> Why did you send me on that road? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but anyway, I get tons of tons of stuff. We, what, why are we talking about that? I have oh. a lot of black holes in my bike network knowledge. Like there's the places you go all the time. And then there's the places where you have you have no clue. And that's when you need a map that tells you like how safe it is True. Like google doesn't they Mm-mm. don't really care Mm-mm. it's just like this is this is where there's bike infrastructure you know what's good about our network though is the mm-hmm. the little breadcrumbs the little sharrows yeah i was just telling them uh i was angelita murillo uh you know i did a ride with yeah. her on wednesday uh and she's new, basically new to biking she's really never ridden actually when so i pulled julie's bike down there i towed it on the back of the turn which awesome. is fun yeah and you know got it all set and because they're the same height and i was like she got on the bike as we started and and i started to realize like i knew she wasn't like a biker or had a bike or anything she was like shake like her you know she's doing that wobbly thing and i was like what am i getting myself into like i I don't want to be responsible for this like i didn't this isn't like a bike buddy ride this is like a interview with a journalist (laughs) like i wasn't here to like make sure she anyway so i didn't really end up taking many pictures or videos because i was like oh crap i don't want anything to happen and this is going to be bad if she doesn't have a good ride i was going through that whole thing of like you know how it is like in the bike world if 
the most important thing you can do is take someone on their first ride, right? Because if, if that doesn't go well, they may never try it again. That was yeah. especially big. I remember in mountain you gotta biking. You got to pick the really good, the really comfortable yeah. places to ride. And, yeah. Yeah. I remember that, especially like when I was more into mountain biking and stuff, we would always talk about that. Like if you take someone on their first mountain biking ride, like you got to think about the trail. It has to be fun, but not too dangerous, right? <laughs> oh, man. All this stuff. My first mountain biking ride was not that. I was like put on a single speed with no suspension. Well, but see, I literally fell over from not going fast enough. But see, you're hardy. You're a bike person <laughs> anyway. But see, the, Angelita is not yeah. a bike person. Sure. So I'm like, oh, shoot. But she's she, like for it. She's like she is for it. really excited about it and yeah, yeah. wants to try it. Anyway, she figured it out really quick. It was awesome. Good. And it wasn't an issue at all. Um, it wasn't until halfway through the ride I, sh- I told her how to shift, though. Because <laughs> as soon you as forget. I... Yeah, it was, you know, it was a eight, it's an eight-speed internal and or an eight-speed. It was It's an eight-speed uh, bike. And so I just glanced at the, the readout and it was on four. So I'm like you know what it's fine don't worry about shifting mm-hmm. just pedal you're right in the middle so we'd be good we're not really going up any hills but then of course later in the ride we're going up like clinton and i'm, I'm noticing her pedaling hard and getting out of the saddle and i was like oh by the way you, you can make you can make that a lot easier to pedal she's like really and then she slows down on the hill yeah and like comes to a complete stop and i'm like oh no sorry you have to actually be pedaling and anyway so and shifting is hard yeah but when um, you're not used to it, you know. Yeah, that's why. There's I do. so there's so many things that you take for granted when you do it all. I think yeah. about like learning how to drive a car and how like which pedal is the pedal that's the gas. You right. don't know. Right. You Apparently, might, like, there's still a lot of people don't know which one's reverse. Everybody's getting they're driving into buildings and people uh, yeah. and stuff. Well, those but, yeah. are that's other problems. Yes, yeah. you're right though. It's one. It, it is interesting. I mean, that's kind of the knock on a lot of bike people is that we just it's second nature. So you like you can't imagine. How someone couldn't also use their thumb and index finger as they pedal, as they steer, as they look around and not die, yeah. right? As they like get comfortable on their saddle, reach their reach their bars anyway. Anyway, on that ride we were riding, and um, I was I was trying to tell her about just the basics of the bike network and stuff, because you know I I think there's a chance she might be on city council, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't really. I mean, I'd I'd invest some time in probably any candidate if they were super eager to ride a bike, but uh, I feel like. I feel like it's worth talking to her and getting to know her a little better because I do think if she doesn't win this time, she'll win eventually. She's She's got a lot going for her. Yeah, and um, she's young. Yeah, 27. Right? Okay, here's this is kind of embarrassing. After the ride, we had a nice ride. I did like a six-and-a-half-mile loop around Inner Southeast, which is her district, District 3. Uh, and we're sitting down at, at happy hour, and we were the only people there because it's winter and people don't show up at 3 anymore. So we, we were just like having a chat, and and I made some comment about Something where it was like, I thought she was like in her mid thirties, you know, it was like, oh, 20 years ago, I said something like that, like offhand, like she was in high school or something. You're probably in high school 20 years ago. And then I've had that whole thing of like, oh crap, I don't think you're in your thirties. She's in first grade. (laughs) Yeah. And then I had to do the whole thing of like, wait, how old are you again? Which I kind of knew, but I'd forgotten. Anyway, yeah, she's 27. And I was like, just wow. Like, I mean, I have a 21 year old daughter and like, that was, anyway. Yeah, so she's young. I asked her if she thinks that would be a pro or a con in just politics. You know, not surprisingly, she said it's a positive. I think partly if she can get a lot of her followers to turn out and vote, that could be a huge difference. Exactly. I think politics needs more young people. Yeah. But even, I know, so I posted something about her on the site and a podcast and stuff. uh, And it's interesting already seeing some of the responses from some people. You know, she doesn't have any experience, you know, like. And I was like, well, let's... There's some Where people do you on, start? Some people on council now don't have any experience either, but <laughs> anyway. 
Hey, and she what won does the, experience count for? She she won the national title on the Lincoln High School Constitution team. I, I mean, mean if that's, that's not experience for governing, dang, how many? That's how, awesome. That's not so bad. So she grew up here. Yeah, she moved here from Paraguay uh, in middle school. Okay. Yeah, I didn't talk to her a lot about from you know before she moved to the U.S. But yeah, moved here in middle school. Grew up in Southwest. Mm-hmm. Went to Lincoln High, and uh, yeah, now she lives in her in her Southeast and. Hoping to be one of the three representatives of that district. So cool. Anyway, okay, here. Okay, we every every episode or so, I think we've had a quiz of some type. Uh, let me just try to cobble together. S- this, sometimes it's a single question. Yeah, that's true. That's true, which isn't fair. It doesn't qualify as a quiz. <laughs> what, um, let's see. Okay, so I, I, co- I sort of got lazy and I was like, what's the quickest way I can do a quick sort of review oriented piece of content today? Because it's really like the clock is ticking. There's a few hours left where I feel like I can post anything because yeah. I'm going to be done at the end of this day and won't see everybody until 2024. Um, I think I could do year in review stuff next week as well. But That's fine. It's, I just feel like... What is time? Oh, boy. What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do We don't need to go there. We can. Philosophical I mean, discussions I think you, about time. You would... I mean... I'm is, retiring. What so is what time? what is time? I mean, you're going to... You're no having more your... weekends. Your evasance has begun. I know. You know, uh, Yoni dropped off some cookies for me oh nice with a piece of tape on the top that said eva sans eva sans that's the renaissance of eva is it the rebirth or is it the renew i was thinking uh, about that the rebirth rebirth mm-hmm. in french yeah no I, yeah right but i yeah. mean i was wondering if that's the right terminology because is this really a rebirth of eva or is oh, it oh i don't know I, you know well what's maybe your maybe that's a dis- maybe, maybe that's we should important. get a new term well eva sans is pretty good yeah. Oh, for folks who don't know, Eva's been working at the bike shop since, and I forget, 2010? Yeah. 2010. Uh, she's been a co-owner at Clever Cycles down on Southeast Hawthorne and has recently sold her share back to one of the other co-owners and is retiring from the bike biz, from the shop. And in general, she's not currently traditionally employed, let's say. Other <laughs> Thank than, you. Other than the... My, my sister-in-law told me to tell people I'm a mogul. A mogul. Mm-hmm. Is that a French? Everyone's asking me what, like, what's next. She was like, "Just tell people you're a mogul." Really? Yeah. Another French word, right? I have no idea, actually, the origin. I don't hmm. know the etymology of mogul. I was thinking of mogul Bismarck. Wasn't that a, a world tour team? Anyway, uh, it sounds French, <laughs> and they ski a lot. And moguls are on ski mountains. It could oh, be. Sure. It could be Swiss. It they could speak just mean French there, though. Right? <laughs> so it's French. Okay, but mogul, you really? Mm-hmm. I mean. You're wearing a scarf, like a, a scarf and ash. What do they call an ascot? <laughs> no. I'm not wearing an ascot. <laughs> it's a uh, scarf, everybody. I have a monocle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, she got trying le- new things. Leather boots and tea and everything. So mm-hmm. she's she's definitely I'm mo- leaning in. But a mogul. I mean, that's you could look at it that way. What are you going to miss about being at the shop? People. Mm. I think I. You know, I love I love talking on the phone with strangers, talking in person with people. I do sort of love data and digesting all of the things that are happening and sort of keeping an eye on everything. Um, but at the same time, I won't miss any of that. The, the like the fires to put out every day, mm-hmm. the like the Wi-Fi is not working, the, the furnace is leaking, the sweeping up of the broken the, glass. Yeah. The broken window, broken window, the weird like vomit on the sidewalk that nobody else wants to touch mm, mm-hmm. yeah all those things the joys of running yeah. a business in portland <laughs> yeah 
Anyways, so you were going to ask me a question <laughs> like three minutes ago. Um, let's see. Bringing it back to time and looking back at 2023 and talking about a quiz. Do you think you could name one of the top 10 stories popularity-wise on the site, right? So like the way I see Broadway, this. Broadway, bike lane, let's see. removal. Yes. for something. That's one of them. That was number seven. <sighs> The, the top ones were really a surprise to me. I'm okay. always, in, it's always weird. People don't, I mean, it's always really weird, like what's popular. Is it like in, lifestyle in terms of traffic. kind of thing? It's really something that would cross into an, like a niche, like, cause the internet is really good at finding like a niche of people who are really interested in that particular topic. That's how the algorithms work, right? Okay. So something that might've had a huge impact to us locally and like might've felt like a big story to like all the Portland bike people or whatever may not have ranked as high on the overall Something stats. about e-bike subsidies. Mm, good guess. E- that didn't crack. Nothing in e-bike nothing. cracked the top 10 this year. Mm. Um, so you got one. Is it infrastructure related? No. Um, Policy related. None of them are infrastructure. Actually, there. let's see. Things about police. There were th- uh, th- two. Two of the top ten had to do with police. Wow. Okay. I mean that that kind of gets to my point of like cops being an issue that I don't know has broader interest. The stories on Bike Portland that do well that surprise me are ones that that are taken out of our community and right read a lot read a lot by people from other where who who links into you like how does that happen? It's just the internet, Eva. So it's a system of interconnected. You're going to explain to me people, how the World Wide Web people, works? People share links. and I don't track I don't track what the big referrals are. I mean, obviously, Google's a big one. Okay. Um, Reddit. Yeah, I'm just curious, like, who, yeah, where, where do your... Reddit's big, and okay, if there's, sure. you know, if a, if a story gets picked up by, like, a bigger outlet, and that and they do their what they're supposed to do, which is link back in a prominent way, which not everybody does, and that's annoying sometimes. Um, I feel like there might be a story about, like people camping mm. in the bike lane or on sidewalks no no that's probably that might have been a couple years ago i okay. haven't done this every year like i should but i'm sure that one might might have been um i asked angelita murillo about that mm-hmm. uh, and kind of i got i got kind of a, I got kind of i got pushback for even asking it yeah okay. that was interesting but i'm glad i asked it mm-hmm. uh, people think sometimes the questions i'll ask people are things that i care about or believe personally when that's not necessarily what I would ask if it was me, but I think that if there's enough people in the community that want to know that, I'll ask it or whatever. But anyway, I asked her about about how would she respond to concerns of people who no longer use a multi-use path because they're afraid of people living, you know, on the path and sometimes even blocking the path. Yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah, she 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 said a similar answer to like when I asked uh, former commissioner Chloe Daly that, which is, um, you know, we really need to focus on building more housing focusing on the upstream issues and the root causes, which is, is absolutely a right answer. It's not the right answer, I think. Yeah. I I, I was curious. There if, is no panacea, right? I mean, except yeah, a combination of many things. Probably. Yeah, that, that that's a good political answer, I think. And it's a good answer. I mean, factually, those are the right things to say. But I think we've missed someone that could just tell someone yeah, that is a real bummer, and I'm really concerned about that because it's it's making a lot fewer people ride bikes in Portland, which is super important. And also, your comfort as a bike rider is not more important than yeah. somebody trying to find shelter 
and also it's super important. So I wonder if there's something we could do strategically and specifically to make it so that people can maybe live on the edges of paths or something or but can't block a path or maybe there's some intersection with ODOT or Parks or Peabot where we can, you know, something detailed, which is what I think people want to hear. Um, but she didn't want to, she didn't really get into detail. And then someone in the crowd on the Q&A, the first person, uh, Lois, who I know, Lois Levine, she she specifically like said, like, I reject that framing of that question. And it's like, wasn't really framing. Any, I don't want to get. So at some point I heard someone with a theory saying like, so we've had all this development where places that used to be empty lots or like little corners that mm -hmm. people could camp have been taken with buildings. Yeah. And so now you're forced to live on a multi-use path or, you know, on a sidewalk where yeah. in the past maybe there was a corner yeah you could you could be you could be out of the way yeah um i'm wondering if one of your top 10 stories is like someone threatened with violence on a on the spring water no because that no. wasn't that didn't really happen this year not okay. that we covered that was last year yeah and i think that issue is i mean if i if i go by what i hear mm -hmm. and like i was saying you before with my yeah. inbox i do tend to hear chatter and things that are happening if i don't hear it directly then i'll see it because i spend a lot of my week you know searching the web for interesting little things and monitoring various sources of information for intelligence and blah 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 but i, I haven't really heard that whole i'm super afraid to be on the spring water thing yeah. it's really died yeah. down okay. and actually one of the stories i was like sort of most proud of this year was when i took a video and went and did a big loop on the paths just to show people what's actually out there yeah. and what i found is and again the two cents being grain of salt being that I'm who I am and I don't scare as easily as everybody else, let's say. I, I found that they were, the paths are actually in fine shape, okay shape, yeah. relatively to what I would expect in 2023 in Portland. Um, but yeah, I haven't heard a lot of people, like assaults. Like there were a couple years where that was like a whole thing. Like if you search Bike Portland stories for spring water and the word assault, you'd get some pretty, pretty bad stories, you know? Um, and I think part of that is maybe just fewer people are even writing them because that those stories have been so impactful. So anyway, but there's something, there's a good note that I'm going to save to end on that's kind of related to that, uh, but I'll keep that for the end. But the number one story the past year, and just in terms of views on, on Bike Portland, was when the Portland Police Bureau admitted that their messaging around traffic enforcement was politically motivated. Dang. That was the number, like, like by a pretty number good one. margin. Yeah. Number one. And I think that might be because it, it hits the box of like, being interesting to more than just like bike advocates or like, you know, bike Portland related interested people. Right. I think it hit into some like uh, police justice advocacy groups and just police, you know, there's all kinds of little things that that connected to. So, and it was a new, it was a story that no one else had. So it was a totally original reporting. When, that, when did that story come out? Uh, I think it was like, it was August. Yeah, it was August. Um, and yeah, anyway, I'd been sort of following that for a while and it was an offhanded remark that sort of an offhanded thing that, that one of the, the leaders of the traffic division said at a press conference several years ago and it always bugged me but i'd never taken the time to really like flesh it out uh and then he when he when i asked him about it at an event and he actually doubled like didn't shy basically acknowledged that he'd said that and and doubled down on it in a way and and made it really clear to me that what i had heard him say initially which i think one of my flaws is i'll give people in power the benefit of the doubt sometimes uh, you know so i would initially i would be like ah maybe he just said that but didn't really realize what he was saying but then when I saw him and he sort of like corroborated it and like said it again, I'm like, wait, this dude is seriously specifically telling people they can break the law and that the cops won't enforce traffic laws because they want more money from city hall to hire more officers. Like I was just so, I'm just so opposed to that on every level. 
imagine that. Like, and they and he held a press conference to say that. Anyway, that that's what that was. That's that story was about. It was super unacceptable to me. It's a classic thing that that there's been many powerful people in Portland have been doing for the last few years, which is mm-hmm. sort of like you know making the city worse by their actions and policies and decisions, in my opinion, and then either campaigning or doing whatever lobbying on the fact that Portland's in bad shape and then it's worse off, right? So it's like you you put your own thumb on the lever and then you're like, hey, someone's thumb is on, like things are bad. Yeah. I always, I just find that so objectionable. I want to know, are there any happy stories in your top 10? Yes, that's good. Let's, let's go back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how you define happiness, but- Like bike um, bus? Did I maybe, the bike bus didn't get on no, there this okay. year? I think mm-hmm. that's because we didn't. That didn't really break, and that was yeah. like twenty twenty two. That was story. like a yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean they're the, still the, happening. The year moved fast. See, I've forgotten all exactly. about it. Um, I, okay, I'm searching for the positive, more positive one. <laughs> shoot, I'm not shoot. seeing it. They're all not oh, positive. Dang. Oh shoot! This is the thing that people click on bad news. <laughs> that's true. You're right. I mean, it's it's the it's the motive. It's the political motivations of the Portland Bureau Portland Police Bureau Traffic Division. This one was kind of cute and interesting when I, I passed by the armed cyclist randomly. Oh, yeah. And stuck my hand out of my car window in Idaho and took a video of him and then wrote a story about it. It was a complete throwaway story. I almost wouldn't have done. Yeah. And it just took off. But people were like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. The idea of an armed cyclist. Like, you can you can see which groups were super excited. Anyway, it was a fascinating kind of story. And by the way, I put all these on a... I'll put all, I put all these on their own little category on Bike Portland, so they're easy to read. They're, it's called top 10 stories of 2023 and i'll link to it um in the show notes um okay that was the second the, the run-in with the armed cyclist and that's what he calls himself armed cyclist um and then the third one was when uh, kyle johnson and a bunch of other he led a bunch of uh activists to stand in front of the trucks on northeast 33rd that was number three okay yeah and then pretty wonky one actually bike loud figured figured pretty prominently in the top 10 another one was um uh the effort that some bike loud folks did to repeal the bike lane use law in Oregon, the mandatory bike lane use law, uh, which is an interesting story as well. Um, and then there's the, the next one was when Shannon Johnson, a cop yelled at her for taking the lane with her family when she was biking out on the west side out in which Washington Which is County. kind of the same thing. Like, yeah. like well, this is why we need the law not to be there. You're right. Because yeah, these, these two stories are basically... Exactly. Know, Very related. So that bike, bike lane law repeal, right, is basically like that cyclists don't have to be all the way to the right or in yeah. the bike lane. Because cops don't really know the laws. Yeah, it gives the cops way too much discretion. And it's just a punitive law from the old days that yeah. shouldn't be around. It basically says if there's a bike lane, you must ride in it or you must ride as far to the right as you can. It, there's no reason for that at all because there's there's exceptions where people need to ride in the lane. And uh, yeah, like I said, you just don't want to give police officers the opportunity to, you know, go enforce that law because a lot of them don't really understand the exceptions and you don't want to have that argument on the street. We know where that can lead. Um, So um, anyway, those are some of the top, some of the top stories. Yeah. The one on Broadway did rank. It was like uh, seventh when, when the Peabot director had plans to remove the the Broadway bike lane. Um, uh, The decline that, that was this, this year, another, one of the biggest stories prior to the year was the fact that, that we finally did a story about the data showing the, the bike decline in Portland. Yeah. Uh, so, and then there were some other ones that folks can look up that are, it's just too depressing because they're all neg- they're all bad stories. So I don't want to talk about them. Um, but speaking of the bike decline, yeah, the numbers are up this year. So I can't wait to get that. I'm I'm trying to be nice to my friends at Peabody and not 
not not bug the comms team because I know it's the end of the year. But I'm, first first thing next week, I'm going to be back on the horn with them and saying, hey, I heard uh, Roger Geller, the city's bike planner, uh, uh, he mentioned at a meeting a couple weeks ago that the summer bike counts that the city does, which are you know they got hundreds and hundreds of volunteers. They're they're very well reputed counts. They've been doing them for probably over two decades now, where they have annual counts. So they are um, a good way, a good barometer of bike use. And after that decline, you know, we wrote about this year, they're they're tracking back up. We're not, I'm not sure what the, you know, how much more people are biking in terms of those counts, but I'm so excited to write that the biking is up because there's all the haters that, you know, every week I hear from them online that biking's down anyway. Why the heck would you even care about it? Blah, blah, blah. So that'll be fun. <laughs> Why the heck even care? Why are we even here? talking about bicycles that's a good question what do you love about bicycling what do i love about bicycling like why do you do this yeah what do, why do i do this good this is not the it's best good. question this it's good is, to go back and is. think about you know like well, why I, did you start bike portland yeah i was just so excited about what i was seeing in portland absolutely shocked and i also kind of knew that it would be interesting to other people and thought it might be something fun to document online and i knew that it was unique to portland mm -hmm. and that or i get i was assuming it was unique to portland and it was yeah. kind of a good assumption uh and that yeah and i just felt there was a huge need that i could fill just given the stuff i knew how to do pretty well which is like connecting people writing you know understanding technology right that's all it was at the start was like hmm what if everybody knew what everybody was doing all the time then they could get together. And that like sounds creepy. Synergies. And you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, yeah. So yeah, it was like bringing the community together into one place every day was super intriguing to me. Yeah. And you know, what it, was, year was, it that? was like the start of like the internet becoming a accessible thing to the community. And I got to be at the really cusp of that. It was 2005. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, like Yahoo having like a big portal, right. Where it was like, everybody would open their open their browser to Yahoo and it would have everything there. And then you could customize. Like that was a huge influence for me. The idea of opening up a website that had everything you needed for Portland and biking, like right there. Right. And we had all the links to all the shops back in the old days, right in the right hand side of the, of the column there. Uh, anyway, yeah, that was super exciting. And that's what I did. And, and yeah, I mean, like I've had a sort of a tough year and like thinking about all that stuff because, you know, I still don't make much money at all. Um, you know, it's not like this job provides me any health benefits or anything. I have to, you know, rely on my wife for that. Um, and it's not actually my revenue is a little bit lower than last year, which is always a bummer. I, th I think that's because we sold 250 maps at the end of the year <laughs> last year, which helped. So that was kind of anomalous, but buy a uh, map. I know, I know. Uh, so yeah, all that stuff actually got me down a few, a few weeks ago. I had a kind of a rough week. Actually, that's why part of the reason why I canceled our last in the shed thing. I was just kind of like not in a great spot. Uh, just thinking about, cause you know, the excitement has been gone in a lot of ways. I mean, if people know what it was like <laughs> back in yeah. from, you know, Oh five to 2012 or 13 compared to what it is now in Portland for cycling, you can maybe relate, but, um, you know, I've always been like how the community's doing is how I'm doing for the most part. And I really, uh, feel the same because I'm so close to it all every day. I mean, imagine comments coming in constantly and constant feedback from people in the community and emails and phone calls and meetups and stories like every single day. Yeah. Um, so if the, sh if the tenor and tone and like volume or excitement around that stuff shifts, then my, my heart shifts with it, you know? So it's a really like an interesting thing. 
Um, anyway. Well, how do you reset? Like, do you, when you feel down or if you feel like oh, all I, the stories are depressing? Like, I go are sit getting... around my family and okay. just hang out. Yeah. That's, that's the best, you know, that's the best reset. And I think one thing I'm struggling with is the knowledge that I, I didn't do that as much as I should have in those early years and all of my kids being older now. And it's like, I think a lot about all the time that I spent weren't caring about Portland bike stuff and not my, you know, my family that really, I saw that you went to a really costume party. Me. Yes. Yes. Okay. Tell yes. me about the costume party. Um, that was super fun. Basically any, any time I can just like shut out, you know, doing the work stuff and just hanging out with my kids, especially now is super fun. Um, uh, yeah, the costume party was dressing up as, you know, uh, Christmas movie characters. One of our favorite movies as a family is Elf, which is not even a funny pick because it's just an awesome movie. So if people don't like Elf, I don't know if we can really, you know, be friends. I've never seen it. It's, it's really good. Will Ferrell, It's right? Will Ferrell, okay. yeah. And it's, you know, it's... Who I saw in Palm Springs a in, couple weeks ago. Oh, you did? Yeah. Now that you're a Now that you're a mogul. Now that I'm a mogul. I spend with... I spend time at the Ace Hotel and... Palm you, Springs. You do December's in Palm Springs. <laughs> I with, wish. With Will Ferrell. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. No, I was at a wedding. So yeah. you know. So I was like searching for like, oh, what's what's my co- what's my costume gonna be? My boy, he's twelve. He was the guy from Die. He was Bruce Willis from Die Hard. It was great. Uh, that's my Venn diagram. That's Christmas right. Christmas in action. That's right. Julie was Aunt Bethany from Christmas Vacation, and she she won the contest. Actually, she did a great job. It was fantastic. And then one of my girls was Cindy Lou Who. The other girl was she was Charlie Brown. So awesome. she held a little sprig of a tree. Super cute. And she had her overcoat and she had oh a Snoopy God. dog under her shoulder. It was so sweet. Did she just whistle the, the song? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's a big dog. Like, you know, she works at a vet place and all this stuff. So that's her thing. So that was fun. Um, my brother-in-law was Uncle Eddie from Christmas Vacation with his robe and funny hat. <laughs> and then, you know, because Elf was our favorite movie, I couldn't figure out what to do. And I'm a, I'm a severely uncreative person sometimes when it comes to these things. And uh, so everybody's like, you should be Buddy the Elf. So then I, then we got, since we always get pajamas for Christmas for the family, Julie found some pajamas of Buddy the Elf, which are, they were nice pajamas, but as the party approached, I was like, wait, this is actually an adult Christmas party and I'm going to be wearing pajamas. This is going to be rough. How did so you feel about that? I kind of dreaded it. <laughs> I was like, these are like relatively tight pajamas and I'm, you know, almost 50 <laughs> years old and I'm just like, anyway. Uh, you muddled through anyways it was fun it ended up being really fun so when's the last time you wore pajamas in fun public reset. pajamas outside you mean yeah like in yeah just oh, out in the world that was it never never yeah that was it I good just, for you i'm not one of those people. i see people wearing like it's a sweatpants thing. and whatever sweatpants leisure and i'm like yeah come on it's a thing yeah. put on hard pants yeah because the fun thing about having hard pants on is you can put your soft pants on when it's not in our house it's exactly. kind of a ceremony it's a ceremony. Julie and I, the kid, we say, you know what? It's time to put the soft pants on. Yeah. And then everybody trudges off, puts the soft mm-hmm. pants on. There you go. It's it's kind of time to put the soft pants on 2023, I think. For the rest of the year? The yeah. next two days? I think so. The weekend is coming. Yeah, the weekend is coming. The work is done. Do you do New Year's Eve anything? Oh, yeah. We used to have a huge party here. It was really fun back in the day. Yeah. When the kids were younger, we'd have friends over, we'd like clear out the living room, have a dance party. It was really we did it for a few years. It was really fun. We haven't done it for a while. Um this year I think we're just gonna have some friends over. We're doing cheese fondue and champagne. Oh nice. Yeah. With some friends. With some friends. Yeah. Cheese fondue and champagne. Sounds good. Do you have a one of those fondue things? Really healthy. Yeah. Yeah. 
There we have um we have like an electric fondue pot and then the classic like sterno fondue <laughs> pot. You said really healthy and I was like, there's a funny, I don't know what it was, a TikTok video or something, but someone was just like, don't ever ask me to come over and do like fondue or chocolate tower because think about like that is the most unhygienic thing. Oh yeah, whatever. You're at a party and there's you know? an open pool of liquid that everybody's dipping into. Anyway. Not this to put a damp. Just a, it like, sounds great. COVID is over. Yeah. Screw it. Oh, for you sure. Know, let's all dip our forks into the same you're all, pot. You're all friends. Just bring a lot of, I don't know, a lot of toothpicks or... You can't do that, though. You gotta, you gotta have forks. Anyway. So I have a friend who's, like, her whole family got COVID except for her. So mm-hmm. she's basically taking, our, taking care of everyone. She said at first she was wearing a mask, like, trying to avoid it. And then her daughter just, like, sneezed into her face. And she's like, I literally have COVID, like, in my eyeball. She's like, I can't, I can't avoid it. Yeah. You just gotta I'm, lean we, in. We, we shouldn't laugh. And I wouldn't laugh at COVID. It's still, no, don't still laugh at COVID. A lot of folks still getting it. Um, I feel like I feel like this episode was really like 2023 in a lot of ways. Kind of had some ups and downs, you know. Mm-hmm. Some fun, fun times. There were some good times, and there, there were some, some bad, good times. No bad times in the shed ever, Eva. Don't get me wrong. Um, no, everything's fun in the shed. Everything's fun in the shed. We should open it up. We should have a shed party in 2024. Yeah, how many? You know, what's what? the um, the <laughs> fire marshal says you can fit what like twelve people in here? We filled um, Ankeny Tap to capacity on Wednesday. I'm very happy to say Which on the is... final back bike happy hour of the year in December, we had enough people come out that we didn't have any more chairs at the bike happy hour venue. Nice work. That was so cool. That's literally my favorite thing for 2023 in Bike Portland. Absolutely by far, hundred percent bike happy hour. Oh That's my gosh, great. I was looking through the pictures before you came over. So much fun. All kinds of good things happen. Good people, good connections. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. Can you imagine when it's warm again? It's going to be wonderful. And we're at a bike happy hour. We're going like to take over that whole street. On the patio, that whole street is going to be ours. It's going to be great. See how quickly we get off tangent? I have no idea why I mentioned happy hour again. <laughs> we were talking about fire we were capacity. Talking about good oh, the times. shed. We were talking about the shed, speaking of good times. Mm-hmm. When I first got this cool little shed thing in my backyard here, I was thinking, oh, we'll have parties and I'll build a deck and it'll be like a gathering spot for all the moguls and whoever else, <laughs> you know, we'll have like subscriber only parties and stuff. Won't that be cool? But we never did that. Um, partly because I started to realize that this is my personal residence. And like, I was like, yeah, where do people go to the bathroom? Like they walk in the house. And anyway, there's so, a bucket. In there's the a bucket yard. in the back. Anyway, so we never, it never became as an, as public of a thing as I kind of thought. But I think we could do maybe a little shed gathering on, on the down low. Maybe it's a happy I can hour be regular. Your party planner. Yeah, that would be good. Can always use, you know, someone with your style and your, you know. You need a mogul. Your Evasance, your Essence d'Eve. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> How's your French? Yeah, that was just, I just sort of butchered. I was trying to put in Essence and Essence into the same thing. <laughs> essence. That's like a new perfume. It is. By that, Bike you Portland. Could, you could do that. You have the time now, Eva, to pursue things like the perfume line that you've always wanted to do. You know, no one's ever done like a, you know, to the extent that you want to be, stay, you know, remain defined as a bike person. You know, no one's done really like a bike fragrance. No, I'm a toothbrush person. What is that? <laughs> ah, the good, good, good. Good one, Eva. Melissa. Yeah, yeah. That's a good reference to the. Costalecki. Testi- Melissa yeah. Costalecki's testimony. Um, but yeah, no, there's, there's a fun little, you know, what's, a, what would I. A, perf- a bike perfume or a bike essence, a it fragrance for the bike. Like a little bit of sweat, that like good, just a tiny bit of good sweat. The pheromone kind, the good Some kind. Some like freshly cut grass. 
Mm, just the smell maybe of flowers, like sarcococa. Mm. That kind of sweet smell of that that little flower on the, the winter blooming bush. Ooh, Do you nice. know sarcococa? No. This is like evergreen bush that grows here really well. Ooh, and it's nice. blooming right now. Isn't that a thing where there are some shops that's kind of a new thing, like a new retail thing where you go in and they, they create a fragrance for you? Whoa. Isn't that a new thing? I think there's one in Portland. Sure. You go in and they you talk about what you like. Maybe you sampled and they actually concoct it right there. And they're like... Anyway, mm. a bike fragrance from Eva. It's just going to be called... Eva Sauce. Eva Sauce. <laughs> but S-E and Evescence. Evescence. And then we need a celebrity who's looking for work to do Can you ads. just Can you just imagine the ads? Ooh. Well, that's one of your uh, projects for the next year. <laughs> 2024, <laughs> here we come. Things okay, I'm not qualified yeah. to do. Okay, so the recap is we're going to be reading more books in 2024. Mm-hmm. We're going to be having even better get-togethers. Mm-hmm. We're going to be uh, establishing a line of perfume for Eva. Um, and who knows what else is going to come our way. But we've had an awesome 2023. We're going to have more, so awesome. more fun <laughs> stories, more happy stories. More happy stories, yes. Yeah. More happy stories in in Bike Portland's 19th year. Dang. If we make it to 20, that's going to be a fun thing. What what in the Shed Podcast episode would that be? 70 or something? That's a lot of math. Who knows? Well, until then, Eva, once again, nice to have a chat. Appreciate you coming over and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Cheers. Until next time. Bye-bye. And that'll do it for this episode. Probably we'll also do it for all of 2023 for Bike Portland. I think this is the last piece of content I'm going to make this year, barring any wild news that breaks over the weekend. I've got a Blazer game a friend invited me to in a couple hours, and I'm really looking forward to that. I hope you are looking forward to something as well this weekend and that you can enter into the next year with, uh, I don't know, wide smile and bright eyes and lots of optimism for being a little bit better next year. That's all about all we can ask, right? Anyway, I really appreciate everyone listening and making the Bike Portland podcast and especially in the shed, such a big success. We've had such a fun time doing it and I'm looking forward to a lot more interesting conversations next year. Uh, as always, I want you to know that I appreciate everybody who is making a paid subscription to Bike Portland. Almost 500 of you so far. I'm hoping to reach that by the end of this year. So we have over the weekend to reach that goal of 500 paid subscribers. That would be fantastic. Bike Portland is community journalism that requires community support to survive and thrive. So I appreciate everybody who has stepped up to be a supporter or a subscriber. So thanks for that. I also want to thank Brock Didis of Sprocket Podcast fame for creating our fantastic theme music. And until next time, until next year, I'm Jonathan Moss. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the streets.